Hello and welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast, where we desire to see a world transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, you can send a message to info at mycrossroads.co. Now, let's get our hearts and minds ready for a powerful message from God's Word. Good morning, everybody. I love The Princess Bride. That's one of my favorite. Anybody else love that movie? I think that's a great, inconceivable, right? I love that. And it's fun to be this close and everything. I can spit on Tate here for, he can heckle me though. That's the bad thing about that. But uh, no, it's, I want to say hi to those who are watching online right now around the country and around the world. I am really, really excited about this series that we're about to, uh, to start. You know, there was a, a time in, in my life when, when I'd come back from college uh, for in the summer back in, in Colorado. Uh, I was the director of a playground for several years, and, and what that meant is uh, myself and, and, and uh, staff would, uh, would really basically babysit kids from 6 to 12 years old from uh, the, anywhere between about 40 of them to 200 every day, if you can imagine, if you can imagine that. And so uh, I remember one time, usually we'd have everything uh, planned out, uh, but sometimes we'd, you know, we'd have not enough to, to do and things, so we'd just play dodgeball or something like that. But, well, this one time I thought I'd have some fun, so I got all the staff on, on the stage, and then I just lined everybody else on one side of the gym, and I said, all right, on your mark, get set, go! And they're looking around. I didn't tell them what to do. I didn't tell them what they were supposed to do and everything. And they're, they're looking around, and a couple of them yelled, what, what, what? And I said, go. And so uh, for whatever reason, a couple of them just took off running as fast as they could. Well, the others aren't going to be left behind, so they take off running too. So I've got this whole thing of every person running, you know, running spastically back and forth and back and forth. And I'm looking at, at my staff going, you got to be kidding. I haven't told them anything to do, and they're running for no purpose whatsoever now some of them some of the guys they thought they were winning because they were out in front and they were getting more laps done than anybody else i'll never forget one little kid named pablo he looks at me as he runs. he goes this is great he's going nowhere there's no purpose whatsoever but i thought is this not the picture of uh, of really a lot of people in our in our nation in our culture they're running like crazy and some of them think that they're ahead because they may be running and, you know, whatever they're marking the, the, the thing is, that they're marking that a, ahead and, and they're thinking they're ahead. And maybe some of them are like Pablo and they just think, you know, it's a lot of fun, but they're still going nowhere, right? There is no purpose to the run whatsoever. A run without a purpose is just a run. And a life without a purpose is just an existence. And we need to, to know that. You know, like I said, I wasn't planning on preaching this series there was another series I was planning on, on doing, and I had even several hundred pages lined up for that, uh, and we'll do that series, but it's, it's, that's like getting out of the boat and, and truly using the calling that God has given you, but it really felt like God saying, people are not going to know what their calling is until they know why they're on this earth, what the purpose of their, of their life is, and I want you to know, I really believe with all my heart this is one of the most important series I've ever done in my life. I believe this is one of the series. This is one of the series that has, even as I'm preparing it, has changed my life the most, has affected my life the most. For some of you, this series is going to be absolutely revolutionary. It's going to it's going to change your life, and you're going to wonder where you've never heard this before. There's others, maybe what you're going through, like like me. You're going to see this, and it's going to be a refresher of something you already know, or maybe recalibrating what you already know. But just as we do this. 
it's going to change your life. I have woken up every day different as I'm doing this because it's given just uh, some things that I knew, but it's refreshing what I, what I knew. It's going to change our life. Can't wait to get into this. And here's the, you know, the life has three, uh, the greatest questions are these three questions. First, it's the question of existence, and it's why, why am I alive? Why are you alive? The other question is this, the question of significance, and does, that's, does my life matter? Does the fact that I am on this earth make a difference whatsoever? The third is the question of intention. What is my purpose? What is the purpose for me, for me being here? We're going to take a look at the first one first, and that's the, the question of existence. Why am I alive? And this isn't a new question, right? I mean, this is the question people have been asking for, you know, from, from, from time on. And in fact, Jeremiah, thousands of years before, said this. He said, why was I born? Was it only to have trouble and sorrow, to end my life in disgrace? And there's probably times in our life that we've wondered about that and said, you know, is, is this all there is to life, just going from one struggle to the other and maybe, you know, one problem to the other and one, one challenge to the, to the other? I remember when I was in high school and I remember going, uh, looking myself in the mirror uh, after I'd come home from parties. And I may have a good time, but I'd look and I'd look at myself and I'd even say this to myself, eyeball to eyeball, I'd say, there's got to be something more to life than this. There has to be more to life than what I'm experiencing. And, uh, you know, some of the people that have said, you know, here's, here's just the purpose of life. Arthur Ashley Brilliant said this, my life is a superb cast, but I can't figure out the plot. Jack Hanley said this, I hope life isn't a joke because I just don't get it. Uh, Carl, uh, Carl Jung said this, they said, I don't know the meaning of the purpose of life, but it looks as if something were meant by it. And how about uh, Isaac Asimov said this, as far as I can see, there is no purpose to life. And what, a, what frustrating things, what, you know, what tragic statements that here's people that really saying there must be something out there. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. I don't know what it is if there is. And so here's the question. How do you discover the purpose for life? How do you discover? And there's really, there's, there's two basic ways that we can do it. The first one is speculation. I mean, you just guess. I mean, you just figure out, you try to guess what, you know, and, or maybe you listen to other people who are guessing. It's just speculation. You're just trying to figure it out. Your guess is as good as theirs, trying to figure it out. And then uh, there's a, a guy by the name of uh, Dr. Hugh Moorhead, and he did a study with 250 people. He wrote to 250 scientists. He wrote to, uh, to philosophers. He wrote to some of the most famous educators, some of the, you know, just, just all these people. And he asked them this question. What is the meaning of life? What is the purpose of, of life? And he said it was interesting what he got back because uh, several of the people gave, a, a, you know, just a, a thing. I think maybe it's, it's this. The vast majority of the people said one of two things. Almost everybody said one of two things. Either said, I'm just making it up as I go along, or they said this, I really have no clue. And if you find out what the purpose is, please write back and let me know. And so, I mean, again, how tragic that here's really what we're saying. So many people are going, I'm just making this up. I'm guessing what the purpose of life is. And different conclusions that speculation leads to. And as you're going to see, as we're going to go through this, we're going to see that this is really what our world says. These are the things that, that, that this world is telling you and telling me about how you figure out what the purpose of life is. The first is the mystic approach, and it's look within. Within you, you're going to find the purpose of life. 
Well, if it was inside of us, don't you think we'd figure it out by now? Don't you think we'd know it by now? In fact, Oprah one time did a show, and, and it was the, the title of the show was, What is the Meaning of, of Life? What is the Purpose of Your Life? And she kept saying right before every, uh, every of the commercial break would say this. She'd go, come on back. Make sure you come back because we're going to tell you your purpose. And at the end, when the credits were going, and, and she said this. She said, and remember, you've got to figure out your own purpose. And the person I know who was watching this said, you know, he was watching with bated breath what his purpose was. And he thought, I just wasted a, an hour of my, my life. She doesn't know any more than, than I do. And here's the, another one is the survivalist and said this. The purpose of life is just to stay alive. The purpose of life, you know, just stay alive as long as you can. Stay living as long as you can. That's the purpose. Just stay, stay alive. Well, do you see a problem with that? What's the, what is the, you know, the, the life expectancy in this country? I mean, everybody is going to die at some time, right? I mean, the mortality rate in the United States is 100%. The mortality rate in every other country in the world is 100%. So the survivalists ultimately lose at their purpose of, of, of life. There's the survivalist. The other one is this, the naturalist. And that's the purpose of life is just to perpetuate itself. This, in other words, it's just we're here just for biological reasons. That's the, the rapper Ice-T, that's what he said. Listen to these words. He said, the only reason we're here is to reproduce. Just chill out and reproduce. Keep the species alive. Word, right? <laughs> So, well, you know, I mean, just stay, you know, just, just reproduce, that's it. Doesn't that make you want to jump out of bed in the morning? It may make you want to jump into bed, right? But it's not making you want to jump out of bed in a, in a morning. The next thing is the hedonist, and that's the purpose of life is pleasure. Just eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. I saw a tombstone that said this. It said, been here, enjoyed it. You know, and things, but again, aren't we kind of like, you know, as, as we do that, aren't we kind of like me looking myself in the mirror going, oh, come having fun, but there's got to be something more. Maybe it's also like Pablo, just running like crazy, enjoying it, but really at the end of the day, what have we accomplished? What, you know, what, what's there? Another one, and this is huge, we can see this, is materialist. Life is about all about the acquisition of things. Your life is measured, they want to tell you, by, by how much you have. Whether that be money, whether that what house you have, what car you drive, whatever, you know, how many friends, how many on, on Facebook, whatever it is, it's the acquisition of, uh, of things. In other words, it's really the philosophy of he who dies with the most toys wins. But again, do you see a problem with that? He who win, you know, dies with the most toys still dies, right? And so, and that dies with it. There's a, a person, you know, the, in, the, in the Bible named Solomon, and Solomon really people will say, as I saw this even secular, that saying he was probably the richest person that, that ever lived, lived. According to his day, he was probably the first, what we would say would almost be a trillionaire, if you can imagine, if you can imagine that. And he said this, I mean, he's, he had it all, he's done it all, and he said, really, all that searching for trying to ac acquire everything is meaningless. He said, it's vanity, vanity, all is vanity. In fact, he said this, listen to these words. He said, it's like chasing after the wind. Isn't that a powerful metaphor? You ever tried to chase the wind? You can't chase it. You may try to get it, but as far as you go, it'll, it'll leave you as, as, as fast as you go towards it. 
And he says this, isn't it stupid to try to get all this acquisition and acquire and acquire just to hand it over to some other people that you don't even know what they're going to do with it? That's a pretty good point, isn't it? So, and then the other is the self-help approach, and that's discover your purpose by becoming the best you can, can be. And, you know, you can look at a, a thousand TED Talks, and you can get that message. You can go to, there are places in the, uh, you know, in the library, there are places in any bookstore. That there's a whole section to, uh, to do that. You can go to seminars all over the place that, that, that have that, and it's one basic message. It's, it's this, discover your dreams, go after your goals, have ambition, dream big dreams, aim high, believe you can achieve it, have faith in yourself, figure out what you're good at, never give up, and involve other people. And that's some good news, you know, I mean, that's a good message, that's not a bad message, but the problem is this, that if you do that, well, first of all, the chances are, if you do that, you will be a success in the eyes of this world. That's the good news. The bad news is you can be a raving success in the eyes of this world and still not be accomplished what you were put on this earth to accomplish. And so, listen to what God says about, uh, our Creator says about the self-help approach. He says this, self-help is no self, these are the words of Jesus, no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to finding yourself, your true self. And Paul in Romans says this, obsession with self in, in these matters is a dead end. Attention to God leads us out into the open, into a spacious tree of uh, free life. And if it's, okay, if it's not speculation, if we're just not guessing about it, then what's the other alternative? That's revelation. And imagine you were walking with a group of friends on the beach, and you come across something. You come across a, a gadget, and I mean it's an intricate gadget, and you're looking and thinking, what is, and you're asking each other, what is that thing? And you even, like, really explored and investigated, and, and you're taking different guesses. One person says, maybe it's this. Maybe it's this. I don't know. Maybe it's for this. Maybe it's this. And you're just guessing. Other people walk by, and you say, you have any idea what this is for? And they take a guess as well. I don't know, but, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's this. And then somebody comes to you and says this. And they say, well, the person who designed it and the person who made it, he's standing right over there. So if you really want to find out what the purpose is, what should you do? I mean, don't you go to the person who designed and created to, to, to find for him to re, or her to reveal what they did it for? And God created everything. God created you. God created me. God created everything we see. Wouldn't it make sense to go to God and ask him to reveal to us why he made everything? And the good news is he has. There's a whole book about that. And it says, and he says, he says this. He says, uh, oh, first of all, before we go to that, you know, Rick Warren wrote a book uh, called The Purpose Driven Life, and it was a runaway, absolute runaway bestseller. It sold over 30 million copies. It was one of the biggest sellers of, of all time. It was on the New York Times bestseller list for over 90 weeks. That's almost two years. Why was it so big? It's because we're wanting to know, this world is wanting to know, why am I here? What is the purpose of my life? And the first paragraph in his book, I think, is absolutely genius. It says this, it's not about you. The purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your peace of mind, or even your happiness. It's far greater than your family, your career, or even your wildest dreams and ambitions. If you want to know why you were placed on this planet, you must begin with God. You were born by his purpose and for his purpose. Remember the first four words he said again. It's not about you. Isn't that kind of like the first four words of the, of the Bible? When he says, in the beginning, God. 
Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, in the beginning, you. It doesn't say, in the beginning, me. It doesn't say, in the beginning, us. It doesn't say, in the beginning, humanity. It says, in the beginning, God. And until we remember that, until we realize this is all about God, then we're going to just go around and we're just going to be running from one side to the other. But, 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 if we understand that this is all about God, we, it unleashes us to be everything God wants us to be and fulfill the purpose of why we're on this, on this earth. And here's God's word, what it tells us the purpose for everything. In Colossians 1.16, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in him and find its purpose in him. You were made by God for God. God wasn't made for us. We were made for him. And here's the beauty is when we understand that and start living that, it will change our life for the better. We can become what we were meant to be. Now, the title that I had of this, this message is What on Earth Am I Here For? And probably it's a bad title. There's something that maybe should go before What on Earth Am I Here For? And that's Who Am I on This Earth For? Because you're not created for a what? You're not created by a what. You're not created in the image of a, of a what. You are created, and you're not created for relationship with a what. You are created with a, for a relationship with a who. You're created for a relationship with, or you're created by, you're designed by a who. You're created by a who. You're, you know, you are in the image of a who. And when we understand that, that's where it starts to change everything. And the, the, so the greatest question of existence, here it is. Why am I alive? God gives us the answer in Ephesians 1.4. And this is beautiful. This will change your day. This will change your life. Before, long before he laid the, down the earth's foundation, he had us in mind and settled on us, don't miss these words, as the focus of his love, to be made whole and holy in his love. You know, that's some good news. Did you hear what that is, that's saying? You were created, God created you to love you. God created you to love you. God is love. He's not just loving. He is love. And, and as love, he needs something to love. He needs an object to, to love. In fact, here's the beautiful thing. God didn't need you because he had all the angels and everything. God wasn't lonely. God wanted you. God made you to love you. God made you because he, he wanted you. Now, I really believe that um, the two of the questions that God will ans- ask us at the, when we stand before God, and we'll all stand before him someday, I think he'll ask us, what did we, what did we do uh, with his son, Jesus Christ? Did we have that relationship? Did we trust in his salvation, or did we try to earn our own salvation? The other question is, what did we do for Jesus? You know, there's Brennan Manning, in a, in a message gave this, he said he really believes that God's going to ask a different question, and that's this. Did you believe that I loved you? And here's what he said. Did you believe that I loved, loved you, desired you, waited for you day after day, that I longed to hear the sound of your voice? The real believers will answer, yes, Jesus, I believed in your love, and I tried to shape my life, my whole life, in response to it. There will be countless others And I'm talking about church folk, pastors, and missionaries who will respond, well, frankly, no, sir, I never really believed it. I heard a lot of sermons about it. I even preached some of those sermons. But I always thought that that was just a way of speaking, a kindly lie, a nice pat on the back to encourage people. And he said this, that's the difference between the true believers and the nominal Christians. Do you see why it's so important to lay home the basic truth of our faith? Because you're going to be as good, as big, 
as your own concept of God. He says this, God says this to you, to you right now. I know your whole life story. I know every skeleton in your closet. I know every moment of sin, shame, and dishonesty that has darkened your life. I know you and your shallow faith, your feeble prayer life, your inconsistent discipleship, and my, uh, and my word to you is this. I dare you to trust that I love you as you are and not as you should be because you're never going to be as you should be. The first question of life is, is the existence, why am I alive? And the, the answer to, to that is God created you to love you. The second question is this, does, does my life matter? And before I do that, before I say that, I just want to give a time out. I want you to think about this. Every person who's in school right now, every person that's been in public school and going to college in, in public school, here's something that we've understood that has been taught to us from the time we were little kids, that we are simply the product of an uncaring universe. That is what has been taught us. That is what trained us in public education most of the time with very few exceptions. And here's the thing, that's what we've been, that's what we've been taught in this world, that, that we are basically just elevated pond, pond scum, right? That we are a chance happening of, a, of an uncaring caring universe. And then we wonder why our kids struggle with the self-image. Were you going to struggle with a self-image if you've just been told you're pond scum? And you know what? This, that, that right now, suicide is the number two killer among young people in our nation. And you wonder why? Maybe it's because we've taught kids that, that all they are is just is an accident, is, a, is just, just, just that they're there. Of course you're going to think that. You're going to struggle with if there's no life, of why, why am I staying, staying alive if you're not given a purpose. And we've told kids that they're no different than animals, that they're just maybe a smarter animal, but they're no different than animals. And then we're confused, and then we struggle why they act like animals, why they kill each other in the classroom, and they do things like that. Maybe, maybe, maybe the smartest thing we could do is tell you that God loves you, and that God created you for a purpose, and God has a plan for your life, and God, you were created in God's image, and God has amazing things for you. Maybe life would be different if we did that. You know, I saw that the uh, that with millennials, it's the it's the the generation of all generations that has struggled with uh, with self image and has struggled with depression. And again, maybe, maybe, maybe if we give them and if maybe we give ourselves right now, Psalm one thirty nine, just six verses. Here it is: You made my whole being. You formed me in my mother's womb. I praise you because you made me in an amazing and wonderful way. What you have done is wonderful. I know this very well. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit. How I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life, all prepared, all prepared before I'd even lived one day. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. I hope you got at least a couple of things of that. And the first one is, you were planned. And some of you may say, no, mama, mama and dad told me they weren't, I wasn't planned, I was unexpected. You may have been unexpected by your parents. 
you are unexpected by God. Maybe. And maybe somebody said, you know, you, you found out you weren't, you weren't planned, but you were planned by God too. And maybe you weren't wanted by your mom, or you weren't wanted by your dad. I want you to know something. I want to burn it in your heart. You were, you were wanted by God. There may, be, there may be illegitimate parents in this world, but there are no illegitimate children. That, that God is bigger than any mistake, and God's bigger than any sin. And God had a plan when your parents didn't have a plan. And this is something, I, I, for weeks, I've been wanting to say this one word. And I believe there's somebody here, or there's some people hearing me right now, that somehow you have felt less of yourself or you less of life because you found out you were unplanned or unwanted or unexpected. I want you to know, again, God saw you. God saw you before you ever conceived. God had a plan for you. God had a plan for your life before, before you ever saw this, the, your first breath. God had a plan. And the second thing is that I want you to know is you're God's masterpiece. I've been at the base of the, the, the Sistine Chapel, and I've looked up, and I've seen the masterpiece of, of Michelangelo that he made for four years, from 1508 to 1512. And everything was planned out. You just see there was nothing haphazard about this. And I want you to know there was nothing haphazard about your life. That God made you with the looks you have. And God made you with the personality you have. And God made you with the, with the desires that you have. And the likes and the dislikes that you have. And the, the gifts that you have and the talents that you have. And you know what? He looked at you and he went, that's what I'm talking about right there. You're the best you that will ever be created on this planet. And God didn't make a mistake when he made you. The Bible says in Ephesians 3, it says you are God's masterpiece. And you're something else, two other things. It's first, you're worth God's son. You ever wonder how you, how you find out the worth of something? You look at the price tag. What's the price tag on you? The price tag on you is, is the life of God's own son. And if you ever wonder whether you're worth something to God, just look at the outstretched arms of Jesus Christ. That's how much you're worth to God. And Jesus Christ would, ever, would rather die than live without you for eternity. And the other thing is, is that you have a mission. You have a purpose and a mission, and we're going to be talking about that one of these times too. And it's a mission that nobody else can fulfill in this world except for you. Nobody else can do it. Only you can do it. And you've been planted, placed on this earth to do this. And if you could, we could bow our head and close our eyes. Ephesians 2.10 that we just read said, You are God's masterpiece. Here's the rest of it. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God created in advance for us to, to do. Another verse says this, that he created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. The question of existence, why are you alive? The answer to that question of why God created you is to love you. I want you to ask you this. Will that change your life if you wake up believing that with all your heart tomorrow? The reason, the biggest thing, the greatest thing you could do tomorrow isn't do a paycheck, isn't do this, isn't check your Facebook, isn't watch TV. The most important thing, the greatest thing you could do tomorrow when you wake up is experience God's love and love Him back. That's the greatest call of your life. How about the answer to the question of significance, does your life matter? Your life matters so much that you were planned before you were born. 
that you're God's masterpiece, that you're worth God's son, and you've been given a mission that only you can fulfill. I'd say that makes you very, very significant. And right now, I think I'd be less than a pastor to say, to give an opportunity for those who are watching online in here to start out with saying to come to, come to God for the first time, to come to Jesus for the first time or come back to Him and rededicate your life and say, God, it's not been I've, been, I've been about other things. But right now, I come to you. I give my life to you or I give my life to you again and anew. I want a fresh start. I want a new beginning. So if that's you, wherever you are right now, and if everybody else could just join in, and maybe all of us, God, I know I need this, to just pray this prayer, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for offering me forgiveness. Thank you that you made me for a purpose. Thank you that I'm created for significance. I give my life to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to be my Lord. I want to wake up tomorrow and for the rest of my life, I want to live for you. And I know I'm going to blow it, Lord. But that's my new goal in life. Forever and ever and ever. In Jesus' name. And God, I pray for us. I thank you that you have created every single person in here that you've given us a purpose. Every relationship has a purpose. God, every family that you've created, you've created for a purpose, on purpose, for a purpose. That this church, God, that we as Crossroads, we're not just haphazard, that you created this church for a purpose as well. So God, our desire with all of our heart is that we live for your purpose. That God, we put our heart back. God, that we say, Help us to live out why you put us on this earth. God, help us, every one of us, to experience your love. That we want to bask in your love every day. We don't understand it, God, and it's hard for us to believe that you love us that much. But you said it in your word, and you don't lie. So God, help us to live in that love. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. These all, the altar is open, and maybe you'd like to seal that with... We're just uh, coming down here and saying, God, I need you. I give my life afresh and anew to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you would like to listen to past Crossroads Church Podcast, you can go to mycrossroads.co slash podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.